Okay. <laughs> you can just edit that. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stream of Thought. This is episode number 17, and today we start off by talking a little bit about Victor getting sick in the past four days yeah. and recovering and, and his journey through that perilous time of his life. Herbal remedies versus just straight, medicine. Just straight up over-the-counter methanol. <laughs> no. I'm kidding. And uh, and then we talk a little bit about, I guess, springs, I spring cleaning at my place. Oh, where yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the yeah. process of trying to shave down a door to try How and How many times Rick's oh, had to God. carry a 75-pound door in and, and out of his house? Up and down. Up and down steps to finally get it to fit. Yes. And, uh, and... Somehow we end up making a topic about North Korea fitting there. Or not no, North, 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 North Korea. Korea. What are you talking about? God damn it. No, we start talking about uh, the let's cultural... Let's redo this. No. The culture... <laughs> we, we start talking about the... Cultural uh, significance of the Confederate yes, flag. Cultural and significance what's of been the going Confederate on flag. Down in Charlottesville. What's been happening in Charlottesville. The days. And then we go back in time to the year 2006... When Rick and I were in high school, yes, and we share some high school stories. Some high school stories and uh, a little bit about language. Yeah, and talk about language. It's actually kind of interesting, but yeah, you know. So, episode seventeen, stream of thought. We hope you enjoy. I can't. I don't want to keep this. You, fuck, you fucked it up when you started things off with a yawn. You can get rid of the yawn. <laughs> you don't have to keep the fucking yawn. <laughs> How do I start doing that just recently and not, like, since the beginning, you know? I mean, it's off and on, but, dude, I can't tell you how worried I was, though, when you texted me that you were sick, like, right after we filmed. Because oh. that was within 24 hours, so I was thinking... Yeah, so what happened was, so I had, like, I have, like, a like a sore throat. So, this was, you know, it was one of those things where I woke up and my... So my, we taped on, we taped on Wednesday? Four days ago. Wednesday, right? I don't know. Tuesday? Wednesday? That would have been Monday? It was four days ago. Four days. I just know it was four days So ago. Wednesday. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I think then I felt a little bit sick. Not really sick. I knew I had like a sore throat. Anyway, I woke up when like the next morning or whatever and like my throat was just killing me. It was just like so, uh, felt so swollen and sore and it hurt when I would like swallow and my, like, my nose is all dry and everything. And so what I tried was... My dad's method, which is just, you don't take any medicine, it's just herbal tea, and that's it, you know? And so I made... How much herbal tea? Well... Lots I, and lots of herbal no, tea? No, I, I made... Or a, a reasonable... No, I don't know. I, I made a, a cup of uh, tea with honey and lemon. Yeah. Oh, man, it was delicious. Wow, dude. It was so great. And it it helps within seconds when you start drinking it. Hmm. It helps right away. The only problem is, it only helped me for about 15 minutes, and then after I finished the tea, like, it, I could start, it, I could feel it coming on again. So I was like, damn. So I was like, whatever, I'm just going to let my body do its thing. Next day, like, I feel worse after I, well, I felt okay, and then I took a nap in the middle of the day, and I felt worse. It's like when you're up, out and about moving around like it's okay but yeah. then when you sleep and you wake up it's like it You're had time pain, to like yeah. just kill you yeah 
So I'm like, what the hell? I was in so much... It, I was in agony. It sucked. Like, I was so exhausted from working and oh, it's the worst. being up. And then I was, like, sick. And I hadn't eaten, so I was hungry. So I was just in pain. And I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go get some medicine. And I got some, uh, just, like, some over-the-counter stuff from... Uh, or not over the counter. I guess I bought it off the shelf. But what a method. Whatever. I bought some medicine from Walgreens, just like your the knockoff Nyquil. You know, yeah. the stuff that's not like fifteen, twenty bucks. Ridiculous. Yeah. So I spent like seven dollars on this medicine. Does the exact same thing. Um, and I took it, and I woke up the next day, and I felt a thousand times better. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow, dude. I felt so great. So the moral of the story is family medicine doesn't work. No, the moral of the story... I mean, there's no, no moral of the story. It's just kind of like, do... Do you? Do you, I guess. I don't know. You're so lame. It's um, such a horrible moral of the story. No, I don't... There's no moral of the story. Well, that's but, a shame. But it, it was weird, though, because the medicine... I can... I am more... The last few years, I've realized my body is more sensitive to medicine than it was when I was like a teenager in mm-hmm. my early twenties. Yeah. Like when I take medicine, I can feel that there's a foreign substance in my body. Like it feel, I feel a little bit weird. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it makes, it's just weird, dude. It, it, I have this weird sensation when I take, and I take the prescribed amounts, like adult take two pills every six hours, you mm-hmm. know? ages 12 and up or whatever yeah but um it's just so weird because i can totally just feel it in my body well, you think about it too this is probably the cleanest your body's ever been for since, <laughs> you, since you hit puberty uh what do you mean like without drugs or alcohol yeah because you're you're relatively absent i feel more so than you ever have been but maybe that's just me you would know best yeah you just smoke a lot of weed <laughs> um, not really drink a whole lot. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just I don't know. I mean, yeah, sure. In the same way, the coffee. I can already. I have tell a the theory, but I'll tell. T- I have a theory, but I'll tell it to you when we're not recording. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have a theory why it's I'm so sensitive, but um, but yeah, that's just been my life the last couple of days. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's rough, man. What are you doing in your backyard? Tell me the story now. Why you oh, home improvement yeah. project? Well, it's just the that late summertime house repairs. I mean, I guess it normally takes place during early summertime for most families, but my parents are getting new. My sister just moved out, so right. they're redoing her room. They're uh, re, you know repainting the walls. Are they making it a guest room or her, are her new? They're making it an office. Office, okay. yeah, and like an upstairs office. So. They're going to share? It's, like, going to be your mom's It'll office? be my dad's, primarily. Yeah, because he does the most work from... Did your dad home. ever have an office in the house growing up? My mom did, you actually. Yeah, she... That's... Uh, that was downstairs, yeah. She she worked out of her house. She owned her business. She worked out of her house for a good 10 years while she was raising us. Really? Maybe 15 That's the only reason years. why? Because you guys were home? When you guys were kids? Yeah, because as soon as Robert and I were late i think it was when i was a junior and he was a sophomore she finally moved to the 999 building yeah. on uh down the street which was a reasonable walk for her and then in the past i think it was four years ago she moved here four years ago it's been a while yeah i think it's been like four years really three or four years 
that she moved to the studio we're in right now. Oh my god, I guess you're right because we started coming here doing our thing in 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're approaching the two year. And mark. that was when it was news to me around then that your mom's office was here and not down the street. So yeah, that would have been like maybe a year. Yeah, you're right, maybe three years or something. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, my dad, my bedroom that I have, um, is it used to be it was my bedroom when I was a tiny little baby and then it was like my dad's office mm-hmm. for several years when my brother and I shared a room and then in high school I and my being in my senior year of high school is when I moved back into that room and it was super weird not sharing a room with my brother I remember it was oh super yeah weird. yeah it was super weird it was weird for me once I got my own place it wasn't until the first time I ever had a room to myself was seminary Really? I always had a roommate How great was or something it? like How that. How great was it? It was it was not as Crazy life-changing not. as I thought okay. it would be. Because, I mean, even when I had roommates back in college, you know, Victor was my roommate mm-hmm. for uh, a year. And in most of those years, I... I would have plenty of time, you know, they, would, they wouldn't they would be using the room or whatever. So, yeah. you know, a lot of times it was like I had my own, my own room. But, yeah, dude, it's interesting doing family, like, house repairs for the family, especially when the family hasn't done a lot of the, the labor stuff. Because yeah. my mom had me uh, replaster some cracks that had formed in my sister's room. Yeah. And, you know, doing drywall the past couple of years is like, I, I'm still not sure. I mean... They just want it to look decent. They don't want it. And I'm so used to making it. I'm working with somebody who's a perfectionist, right? Yeah. So I'm learning how to do it properly, like all the tools that you need. It's like, how, how do I do it half-ass? Like, I've never done it half-ass. So you I don't, don't I, do it half-ass. I, I don't know how to do it. But that's the thing. I don't have the materials. Yeah. I, did, I don't have the materials to be able to do what I normally do oh, okay. with, with Ray. So I have to sort of make do. I was able to get some of the basic stuff, mm-hmm. but it'll look fine. I mean... I have the the basic components, and I think it'll look decent, but it, it's weird because I've never done myself plaster repair before. I, um, lately, I feel like I've been just moving stuff around all the time because oh. I, lately I I helped, like, um, I can't remember exactly how long ago, but my brother and I moved this giant-ass blue couch that was in the living room. We moved it. Well, actually, first what happened was we had this, old ratty ass couch in my brother's room that used to be in the living room it was in my brother's room so we t- we decided to chuck it so we took that and we lifted it and we took it down the steps and out to the curb then we took the couch that was in the living room this big ass blue couch took that lifted it up upstairs and into my brother's room because we're like my, my mom's like I don't know if I want it in the basement or in the in your brother's room basement yeah. or in your brother's room and we're like well let's just put it up in my brother's room because in the basement, the basement's like unfinished and like sometimes it gets flooded. So it's like, it'd just be better to be up there. And so we move that thing up there and then, I don't know, some time goes by a couple months. I have no idea. And then my mom's like, Oh, I ordered like a love seat for Nick's room. Uh, I need you guys to take that couch and move it in the basement. Like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. (laughs) Yeah, no. So when those plans sort of changed last minute. So then we, um, Take the giant blue couch that a couple months earlier we moved up the steps. Now we're moving it down the steps. If we move it down the steps, we're, we're supposed to move it in the basement. We can't because it's too big 
and so we left it like in the dining room a little bit, and we're going to yeah. try and figure it out another time. We were supposed to do it today, but knowing my family is going to sit there for about nine months, and then we're going to actually going to figure something out, figure out what to do with it. Yeah, it's just going to become a part of the room. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, and then it looks weird. Was like, it's oh. sit there so long, like, oh yeah, that's yeah, no, whatever. <laughs> it's just there. Yeah, it's just there. So then I, um, I help my mom bring up like the love seat. I think that came in the mail the other day. And then, or no, just bring it into the house, and then she brought the pieces up. But then, like, my, the top, they took out carpet on the top floor and put hardwood floor, and my mom got rid of, like, their bed, and now they got a new bed, so I helped bring up the bed, and then I was constructing the bed. I was just, like, I felt like I've just been doing all this crazy shit the last couple weeks. And then I go to my acting instructor's house on Saturday, because we were going to watch a documentary on Eugene Eugene O'Neill with my classmates. So we go there, and I get there with some people. It's like, all right, cool, yeah. Um, everyone else is upstairs, but uh, I just need a few guys to uh, here uh, help me bring the TV up. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I just can't get to catch a break. And Dude. so it wasn't like a huge chunky TV, you know. It was like your typical flat screen. But still, but it was still like real awkward going up two flights of steps. I'm just oh, like, yeah. I can't just. I just can't get away from this right hey, now. Hey, you're a young man in your prime. Yeah, you're you're oh in goodness. shape. Of course, you're going to be asked to move shit whenever yeah. you go places. Like people, people look at you and they see free free yeah. labor for a couple of minutes. I know. But, well, the craziest part—not the craziest part—but I think the highlight of the the house repairs from today was they're installing a carpet on the back porch too. But it's about twice as thick as the current carpet, and there's no way that the door would be able to open. Oh yeah. So the only alternative, as they saw it, was to shave the door down. Now I don't know if you've ever shaved a door down. But our house isn't isn't square in any sense, so it's like, you know, everything sort of fits how it should. But my they installed a, a rubber stopper that went up about, gosh, almost an inch. So we had to shave almost an inch off the door, the bottom of the door, for it to be able to close properly. Seven times, up and down, up and <laughs> down the back porch, literally myself like it was just me I was carrying the door it's a 70 75 pound door it's, like, it's probably one it's one of the heaviest doors out there um, yeah. it's a, it's what's it called it's like a frame door or something like that but it's like yeah it's like 75 pounds and so you know I'm carrying it up and down trying to maneuver through the door set, set it up yeah. put the pins in try to close it like ah I was to say like, like, not I was gonna say seven, just, just seven times you put the pins in and put the door up and yes. like nope didn't work right, didn't work down just again. a little bit more it's just shaved just a little bit more <laughs> off go back up no Nope. Just to, just shave a little bit more off, bring it down. And so, you know, it was my dad who was doing the sanding and all that. But then I I'm go I go upstairs during one of his sanding sessions to try and uh to try and do the plaster repair while he's busy, and he doesn't know I'm upstairs, so then he tries to carry this fucking seventy five he my dad's like sixty years old and he's trying to carry the seventy five pound door yeah. up the stairs. He's like panting and sweating after us. I'm like, why would you do I that? Like, like it's no problem for me. Like I can I can do it all day. It's yeah. not an issue for me. Don't throw out your back trying to be a superhero because you can't find it. <laughs> Don't throw your back trying to be a superhero. I feel like once you hit fifty, no matter how um no matter how youthful you might feel, just take a step back and let the young guns take care of it. Seriously, that's what we're here for, you know? You got- Don't throw your back. Try to be a superhero. But we got it. The, the door closes after... That took like that's two so and a funny. half hours, man. 
Well, and the sanding was hard for him too because he's like trying to he's trying to sand like. Well, and like, I'm like I can do it, but he he he's like no, I gotta you know I gotta my, make sure it's. Well, it's funny that you say because like my mom all the time in the winter is like is like yeah you know Victor Nick whoever like please go shovel the driveway otherwise like your father's gonna go out there and have a heart attack he's gonna try and do the whole thing in one like yeah in one sitting well you know how long my driveway is and it's I a know. fucking gravel driveway too so you I can't know. you can't it's, just shovel it yeah because it always gets caught on the rocks yeah and it's my mom. That's my mom who does that. She'll just I know. I said outside that's, well, for like forty five minutes. That's what like, you what told me. You, you and your mom are the ones that shovel the driveway. Yes. Um, yeah. For the for like three or four years now, my dad's like, yeah, I'm gonna be getting a snowblower because our next door neighbor's like, yeah, get him in the middle of July. They're super cheap. Like, get him in the middle of summer. They're, yeah. They're, it's we have one. We have a riding snowblower. Really? Yeah. You don't use it? No. It does not work. Gravel driveway. Who, how did you acquire... That's what I thought. And then I was like, well, how did you guys get uh, get the snowblower then? I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> don't ask um, me. My, uh, yeah, we do... I mean, we go out there. My dad comes in, takes breaks and everything, but my mom's just like, damn it, like, <laughs> fucking snow. Um, man, we're getting close to the winter time again, man. This has been just a string of... Chicago has had it so nice. Yeah, this summer it's been cool. The last it has been a last coo- it has been so. a cool summer. We have not had too many brutal days. Brutal. This is not this has not been a typical Chicago summer. No. So yeah, I mean today was perfect weather just to be to be outdoors and do all that. So yeah, man. And then uh, then yeah, I took a I took like a two and a half hour nap. Yeah, I slept for like three hours. Nothing like a Sunday nap, dude. I've noticed that um, I require naps more often than I used to. Yeah. And it just feels great. It's just like, because when you're so tired, you're just like, nothing, I need to nap. It's not like I want to nap, I want to get stuff done, but nothing is going to get done unless I sleep. And then I sleep, like three or four hours goes by, I spend like a half hour just waking it's, up. Yeah, it's so hard to know? just wake up from it. I'm still I'm still feeling a little like, yeah. a little, little shaky, but... But that's why I, I wanted to do this earlier because I thought it'd be so great to do this in the middle of the afternoon. And then yeah. I was like, it's not going to happen. I'm going to sit there and not talk because I'm tired and I'm not going to want to be there. Yeah. Which is why I texted you. Whatever it was that I texted you. Um, oh, so keep me up. Okay, so y- have you read all about what's happened in Charlottesville? Oh, yeah. Well, I because I was thinking fucking crazy so, is coming out of the woodwork isn't it, and isn't it interesting though because there are, there are there are events that happen that I mean they're not they're not as big as 9/11 events but they're big where it's like Pretty everyone it doesn't matter events. it doesn't matter if you don't listen to the news or anything like that but you know You'll that an event it. happened you've heard about an event happening yeah. like you hear about it in church you hear about it all over the place and I just think to myself it's it's just uh it's a shame because it seems like when we have these national news stories that everyone knows about, it's because it's a you know tragic incident. And yes. So what are you doing right now? I'm actually I'm googling the latest news. Well, what are you What this. are you hoping to accomplish by doing that? <laughs> You're going to spend your time reading as I'm trying to talk to you. I I'm listening though too. Are you? I'm listening. What did too. I just say? Uh, <laughs> that's what I thought. That's what I thought. You were saying that uh, events, though not as uh, high 
not as well known as 9-11. There's still events out there that, you know, you hear about it in church and on the news. And even, or even if you don't watch it on the news, you hear about it. Because, yeah. uh, <laughs> like, you had the... Um, what do you hope? What did you say? What are you hoping to accomplish? And, yeah. I, and then I thought to myself, you know what? You're right. I basically it was a 20 year old neo Nazi who ended up ramming his car. Thank into you. A this is why I don't. Okay, then, then you could have just said that oh. from the beginning. Is and that what you were hoping my to? Yeah, look for the details. Okay, because okay. the reason why because I had assumed that everyone sort of knew the basic details. So yeah, basically this 20 year old neo Nazi, I think his name is Alex Felix or something like that, some stupid ass name, <laughs> ends up uh, ends up. Intentionally, and right now, police are investigating to see whether or not this was a, uh, a an attack that had coordination. If there were other people involved, if there, if there in, yeah. in his decision to ram into people, but it looks like his in- intent was to try and injure the counter protesters, which was a group which consisted of a group of progressive clergy members, Black Lives Matter, and another another organization. I, I'm not quite sure, but it was like three different groups national type groups coming together to counter protest this unite the right rally that's been taking place over this weekend for white supremacists all across the country to come together to protest the final removal of the Confederate statue in Charlottesville, Virginia. And it was supposed to be this huge, this huge movement of solidarity among racists basically to say we still we still exist and we're still we're still powerful force to be reckoned with and so the, there wasn't supposed to be a rally until i think it was today sunday when they were going to hold their official rally but things sort of got out of control because as you had all of these white supremacists neo-nazis kkk organizations all converging on charlottesville you had you had lots of instances of intimidation and all this but of course you had counter protesters basically saying this is Charlottesville doesn't represent the the worst of humanity and so you had all of these counter protesters holding a church vigil on I think it was Friday morning and that's when the white supremacists sort of blocked off the the church area preventing people in the church from leaving for like a half an hour then they moved on to the statue which was at on the campus I think I believe University of Virginia mm-hmm. when they got to the statue there was a group of clergy surrounding the statue, holding hands and stuff like that to prevent them from getting close to the statue. And that's when the white supremacists, as far as I understand it, started throwing punches at the clergy to try and Wait, what them. statue was this? this of was Robert statue. E. Lee. And the clergymen were... To to because they were trying to they were trying to get to the statue so they could hold the rally like they were set they were trying to set up their rally around the statue and so oh. the clergy were preventing from from getting to around oh, the statue. Oh, I see what you're saying. So okay. they were forming okay. like a okay. protective okay. ring or whatever. Like, okay, got it. And because the clergy wasn't moving, it was crazy to read the reports because like the clergy were singing like "Let It Shine" and the neo Nazis were singing "Blood and Soil" and and then they started wailing on the clergy and throwing bottles of urine in their faces. And it's like, wow. these are people of God, and you have the these neo-Nazis. And what's crazy to me is that these people, in their mind, don't believe they're doing anything bad. Like, these neo-Nazis believe that they're good people in their hearts, which yeah. is the craziest part to think about in this uh, situation. One person I know was saying, like, we were talking about this the other day, and they were like, well, yesterday, because it happened yesterday morning, I think, right? Friday going into Saturday morning or something. Yeah, Friday to Saturday um, and they're and, they, and he's like and he's like yeah that's what you know those people scare me just the completely ob- oblivious to 
kind of the reality of how things are in terms of just like everyone's the same just chill the fuck out like there's no need to like vice news has a lot of good documentaries on they or i think it's just the vice channel yeah yeah, that hbo programming but they do they've done a lot of interviews where they embed reporters with white supremacists and basically show the world through the eyes of the white supremacists and as I understand it, general organization is that, generally speaking, they tend to be organized in a military-type setup. Yeah. It's, and it's more just about protecting what they believe is an inherent white work ethic that built up this country that is now being challenged by immigrants, more or less. So it's protecting... It's protecting this hard work ethic that wouldn't exist if it was polluted by immigrants. Yeah. I, I know it doesn't sound good. I, I, I'm, trying, <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to make it sound as, as, uh, as I'm trying to, I'm trying to, 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 to translate their ideas yeah, yeah. into something that can be understood by people. It's really, it's, if you watch those documentaries, you begin to understand that basically in their minds, just things get so complicated when you, include different cultures and different ethnicities. Like, things are better, simpler. Like, the simpler, the better is kind of the attitude. Like, don't complicate things. The less complicated things are, the better. You have your strict set of rules, and those rules also include what you, you know, what type of people are yeah. in the community. And that makes things simple, right? It's black and white. Mm-hmm. And so, these communities, whereas a lot of us operate in, in acknowledging there's a lot of gray in the world, right? Yeah. You know, people have different cultures, different beliefs, different reasons for believing stuff. But then there are other people who have to view the world in black and white, right? Who have to say there are clear distinctions. Absolutes. And everything, like when it comes down to it, you have to choose one side or the other. There's no, there's no middle ground in, in any of these things, sort of things. So that's the tension. But dude, since the election, I mean, these, these, these white supremacist groups have just, they've had a new voice. I don't ever remember when Neil and I were doing Race to 100 a year before the election, I don't ever remember covering white supremacist groups. And now that's all we're hearing about when it comes to race relations is these white supremacist groups just holding their rallies, holding marches, the KKK, holding parades down main streets of major cities. That's like, wow. I mean, but it was bound to happen, man. You know, when you, when you threaten, when you threaten an institution, which, you know, white dominance is an institution. It's been an institution since slavery. Um, when you threaten an institution with multiculturalism, people like power is a zero sum game, right? Yeah. There's only so much of the pie to go around. And when you make things more equal, you're taking away power from people. Yeah. And so it feels as though a lot of these people feel as though they're getting things taken from them. And they are like, they are getting power taken from them, but it's to make things more equitable across the line. But for them, they feel like it's things were equal the way they were. And now, by you taking away things from them, it's now giving them an upper hand, and you're now the minority. What's your opinion on, because uh, the whole thing revolved around taking down, was it a single Confederate statue it, or multiple? It's been, it's been or, multiple, yeah. Virginia, um, I think it was, I think it's been Virginia, and I can't remember where else, but Confederate statues all over the South have been going down. Uh, and Virginia, it, this was the last one where the council voted to take it down. Um, this might come to a shock to you, but I 
I have a small problem with that. Not, and this is going to sound so, this is like, what? Like, person from the Midwest, born and raised in the Chicago land. Hispanic descent. No. And this is why, because I think that it's very easy for people that are not from the South to look at the South and the con- to look at the Confederate flag and immediately identify that with slavery and oppression and only identify that with slavery and oppression mm-hmm. when in reality they, i mean you know from caitlin's family there's a whole there's it is a completely different culture and way of life in the south it's outside of not talking about the slavery and oppression thing but it is a completely different um dynamic down there than it is in the rest of the country in mm-hmm. terms of culture and and whatnot you yeah know, would you agree yes and that is a is a huge element of what that flag stands for and what those statues represent. Not just the slavery and because um, people have this misconception that the Civil War was for the South was for slavery, the North was against slavery. No, what happened was the South decided not to be a part of the United States, and as a result, Abraham Lincoln was like, "No, we're the United States." So we're it was gonna, economic. It was. Yes. It was an. It was. Yes. It, the slavery was an economic mechanism. Yes. So it wasn't so much like it was about the slavery. It was about the people being enslaved, but it had to do with the economy. Yes. It, it was a. It was a huge disruption in the economy. Yes. Basically. So it was for the preservation Absolutely. of preservation of the union rather than and it was for slaves were against slaves. No, it's to preserve the um, economy and preserve the country. The stability. And as a result stability. of that. Be the um, as a result of that they uh, outlawed slavery, but again, people going back have this misconception that the Confederate flag stands for slavery and this and that. And which I mean, you can argue yes or no, but it's I I think it's my opinion that it's more of a cultural icon mm-hmm. than it is of an of one of oppression. And if you take down statues or any type of decor or memorabilia or however you want to call it from that time period you are almost erasing a part of this country's history yeah you see you're it's kind of like going into an antique house and like destroying a grandfather clock or something like that because it was owned by a slave owner once or something like that like something something that has its own inherent historical value Mm -hmm. and and weird sense of beauty kind of thing right it's like this yeah. this has an importance beyond a single issue now that's you you i think you did a perfect job summing up the white perspective i think that 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 is that is the general mainstream white perspective of which is reasonable and rational yeah. and i think that most all all white people i would say could relate to that and be like yes that makes sense you see both sides of the issue right yeah now the way that I approach it is, yes, I, I obviously my initial perspective is through the white perspective. So for me, it's not it's not an issue that I'm super impassioned about. It's not like this is this is a defining issue, and I need to be on the the forefront of yeah. you know, removing Confederate flags. But I say, okay, I look at I look at those who are adamant that these statues have to come down, and it's like if you look at it through the black perspective. What is the, what is the, you ask a black person, what do you see when you see the Confederate flag? Universally, it's going to be, this is the flag that enslaved me. Yeah. Like, for, it's a universal thing because we don't see it because we were never dehumanized under that flag. But for a community that was systematically 
enslaved and said you are you are not a person and you know it is it is under the it is under the banner of this nation you know this flag this confederate flag the thing that unifies is that slavery will continue to exist you know the human factor be damned and so for black people they they approach it saying yes there is historical like there there are there is a cultural historical significance but when it comes down to it the impact that it had on our community the fact that that fundamentally the flag no matter what you do will always be intrinsically tied to the practice of slavery makes it uh irredeemable you you cannot you cannot separate slavery from the confederate flag and if there is a way to separate you know these these monuments like robert e lee from the issue of slavery which is a community that was dehumanized right it's like yeah. you you can you cannot you cannot venerate you cannot hold up in any positive light those symbols which um contributed to like people not being viewed as people right uh does that make sense yeah. i mean i like yeah. what, what, when you hear that what what is your reaction when i hear that because i don't know i don't know if i'm necessarily doing the argument justice no you are it's, I, it's hard it, it's hard to it's hard to sense how accurately you're, you're, dis- you're in a your description was very clear okay but basically, that's and that's where the line is drawn, right? Is like for a black person, if you ask a black person what the Confederate flag stands for, slavery will always be there. right. Um, and so for me, it's like okay, you know, as a white person, I was never a slave. I, I don't I don't have a legacy of of being enslaved. I don't know what that's like. I just know that's probably one of the worst sins of our country. Yeah. So when people have when black people have a problem with that, I listen and say, okay, like you've got a legitimate grievance. I think that your opinion in this instance should outweigh mine. Right. And that's that's the approach that I take in the, I saying, in the James yeah. Cone way of, like, white people shut up and listen. It's like, the reason we should shut up and listen is because we don't understand. Yeah. Um, I get what you're saying. We don't understand the pain and hurt that even for today, you know, children, black children, are have to ask their parents, well, you know, what, is that, what does that flag stand for? Like, what does that flag mean? And the parents have to explain, uh, you know, at some point, well, we we weren't viewed as people. It's like, well, right. what does that mean? I get what you're saying. So the hurt transcends generations. I uh, yeah. You can't escape. That makes it. sense. In the same way that you know, ch- children of alcoholics are likely more likely to be alcoholics, or in the same, children who are abused are more likely to be abusers. It's like the cycle of pain continues I down see. generations, both on an individual and communal level. Okay, that makes sense. Because I mean, you had decades where the Irish were uh, Irish immigrants, Polish immigrants they were they were viewed as the minorities of new America and they were treated like crap and it took it took generations to be able to move beyond that pain and hurt mm-hmm. um, and they didn't experience half of what right. slaves did interesting it's weird man I mean you just like it's all about Whenever it comes to stuff like this, and there's always that sort of question of, well, you know, what is free speech versus what it's like? Well, we don't do a good enough job listening, like authentically listening in the sense of we try empathy. We try to put ourselves in another person's shoes. Well, Chris Hardwick always says, if you're 
if someone's talking and you're just waiting for there to be, you know, you're just waiting for an for opportunity your moment, for yes. you to start talking, you're not really listening. Exactly. That's why I let you deviate as much as you do. <laughs> the number of hard right turns that we take on the show is just, is great. Yeah, I don't have anything off the top of my head that would just completely change gears. <laughs> you don't have another 90 degree turn. You can throw a 90 degree turn. Um, I don't think so. Nothing random that happened to me. <laughs> I like I in the know, past four days yeah, while you were while you were sick. No hallucinations. Or something like that happened on the way over here. So, <laughs> actually, there's a small thing. Nah, it's not that big of a deal, but um, I came over here and I took Hill to Pennsylvania or to uh, whatever the street is. Prospect, I think. Mm. Is that the one that intersects with Dwayne, where the library is? Yes. Prospect. Yes. yes. So I took Hill to Pro. I um, was driving, and I got to the stop sign at Hill and Bryant, where I usually go to take the underpass. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go straight. It's like Sunday night, whatever. And sure enough, I turn on the prospect. I'm coming down the hill, going towards the the tracks, and a train rolls by. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Because yeah. so many times that's happened to me. And, but luckily, it was uh, it was very short. I was going to start. I started timing it. It was only like three minutes. Sometimes, though, you're sitting there for a long time. Mm-hmm. But that was just something that got under my skin. I wonder if that's a, a that's a Chicago thing too, because I mean, re- really, the train tracks, especially around where we live, that the northwest yeah. suburb line, I the think, west, the, the uh, UP West, UP West, Pacific West line, yeah, is one of the busiest lines there is between freight and commuter trains. It's like one of the busiest lines in the mm-hmm. country. Um, at least that's what Ray said. I don't know how much, <laughs> but I don't have the stats in front of me, but no, it is a bit, bu- it is a really busy line. And I remember down in like Alabama, for example, or any of the Southern States, when you had train tracks, it was so rare for trains to ever cross really? the tracks. It was, it was really unusual for the track for, for there ever to be, I mean, a lot of them didn't even have gates that went down. It was just really, it was just the, a single like red light that would flash with the the X's crossing. Well, how fast would the train be rolling through? Oh, they I mean they were they were all freight trains, so they're all chugging along. Oh wow. Yeah. There's no gates? No. No, gates. in a lot of these places there there's no gates. So it's like we the suburbs of Chicago have like professionalized oh, okay. train commute. Yeah. Because I mean we have underpasses and stuff too. A lot of places don't do that. Yeah. But we sort of create those contingencies for emergency vehicles and stuff like that. But yeah, oh, I didn't think about that. Because a lot of times in the South, that's an issue wow. for emergency vehicles. Yeah, I did not think about that at all. We're lucky, man. We live in a great area. That's so crazy. What What's blowing your mind right now? The fact, I mean, I would love to know the reason why, like figure out like why was this underpass built oh i i bet that's why and it wasn't like oh just for the convenience of people that live in the area oh yeah i know the tracks no yeah it's there's all sorts of weird stuff like um oh so you didn't know that those were built for emergency access yeah primarily oh okay they didn't even cross my mind yeah um but there's all sorts of weird stuff that's constructed that is at the convenience of people that were built for other reasons like i didn't i didn't know until maybe high school like i didn't realize highways were built for the military I didn't know that. Yeah. Highways were built for the military? Highways, I believe, are all federally funded. They are, yeah. And the reason for that 
was because the states would have to pay for them. But then I think the, I believe, I heard the federal government's like, hey, we're going to pay for... They we're wouldn't gonna, be able to use that we're to gonna, transport No, we're going to pay there. for all these highways. This is like back, I don't know, I mean, probably when mass commute this, was beginning. This was probably around the Eisenhower era. This is probably I'd like imagine. around the time that cross-country travel began to pick up maybe like in the 60s or 70s or something like that. 50s, probably 60s, the 70s. yeah. Because I was told by a history teacher in high school, like, oh, um, the federal government pays for the highways in ex- and in exchange. And they, <laughs> they said that if they weren't, if the states did not raise the drinking age to 21, they wouldn't pay for their highway or they wouldn't help subsidize their highway. So the states are all like, okay, drinking age is now 21. And then they get government subsidy the federal subsidies oh, for highways Dude, if they try to do anything That's like that in heard. this day and age but yeah highways were built for the transport of military vehicles i think i believe I, i'm believe. fairly certain about that i swear if, you, if you're giving me no, 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 inaccurate no, 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 no. information right no, now no, 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 no. Because that's one of those things that I, I would likely remember. I believe this. I believe my source is Mr. Heckman from Glenbar West High School. He's a reliable source. Yes. But is your memory reliable? That's the real question. I. It was for sure for high school, and it was. For, <laughs> I remember. It was for sure, high I school. Remember when did I heard this? It was for sure what high school, and it was for sure know. a social studies class. Okay. And it was either Mr. Heckman, Mr. Lichty, or Mr. Haas. Okay. So you know. Yeah, they're all they're all pretty. I'm reliable. just I'm just wondering how reliable your your recitation no. of this information is. Uh, speaking of Mr. Haas, <laughs> do you know what I'm about to bring up? High school stories. When um, the last day of school, <laughs> look at you. Did we already talk about this one time? I don't think so. Um, Granted, I don't know exactly. I think I was I was just going to make fun of the fact how last day of school, senior year of high school, when um, everyone, all the seniors, like we pretty much are just hanging out at Lake Allen, cooking, cooking out, and like having fun and walking around the school, doing whatever we wanted, and not going to class. But then you uh, you were stuck in Mr. Haas's class while like the barbecue was going on for that class period, uh, or during your class period because. You guys were doing presentations, and, like, you tried to go to the bathroom, but he wouldn't let anybody go to the bathroom, and so, for whatever the class period is, 50 minutes, you were in class the entire time? Yeah. It was, uh, U.S. Government AP or something like that? I think I took that course. Yes. Yeah, I think you had taken it the semester earlier. I had taken it the second semester, and no, none of our group had taken it the second semester, anyone who had taken U.S. Gov AP. Um... But yeah, I mean, it was an AP class, so uh, yeah, that was a hard ass. Yes, that sure was one of that class. was one of the yes, it was uh, two econ AP with. Uh, oh my gosh, Mr. Starin! Let me tell you this. No, I didn't have yeah. Starin. So I, I took have. econ AP, and uh, in senior year, I think it was yeah, second semester senior year, and like after a few weeks, I'm like, I have no idea what oh, the so hell lost. is going on yeah. in this class. It felt like I was in a second math class, like, and some crazy math, like, what is happening right now? Yeah. Just give me supply and demand. I don't know anything about this stuff. It was so, it was, it was so, so dense. hard. It was so dense. It was so dense and tedious and just, like, really difficult for me to comprehend. I had no idea what was happening. I finally go to Mr. Valeski and I'm like, yo, Mr. Valeski, 
I gotta drop this class and go to econ regular because I am drowning right now. I am straight up drowning, and I think I dropped the class like the day either like the day before the deadline to drop class, or like the day of, or maybe even maybe it was even like the day after. And I'm like, no, like you gotta get me out of here. Like I'm going to fail this class. Yeah, and so I switched classes, and my schedule moved around just a little bit. I walk into econ regular. Uh, I can't remember what the teacher's name was. She had blonde hair. She had just been married, so she had a different name. Because a lot of people were like, oh, Miss So-and-so. And I was like, what? And, but she had a different name. I remember she was like super attractive and she was fun. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. I walk into class. I see like, I see Chuck Crawl. Uh, yeah. I see, uh, yeah. I think, I don't know if Rob Chomich was in that class or not, but I see like Jeff was in that class. I see Danny. uh I, there, there were several other faces that I remember walking in seeing like, yo, this is going to be a dope class. I walk into that class, right? I see all these familiar faces. It's just like, yes, hell yeah. Uh, the teacher was attractive. And then I walk in and she's like, oh, hey, Victor, we're going to join this group. Um, we're just making posters on something. We're straight up coloring posters talking about the most basic econ principles and i was just like yeah <laughs> i was so happy i was so thrilled and so pumped that i made that decision to drop that class because dude it was oh my goodness dude it was heaven walking into that class it was heaven. See, hell yeah. And this just shows the two <laughs> different worlds that we live in because it's like you're telling me the story i'm like you're, like, describing my nightmare right now. Like, you are literally <laughs> describing hey, what would be a nightmare, a nightmare scenario for me, walking into a class and seeing all those faces and hearing that we're going to color posters. Like, that, yeah. <laughs> I would be like, oh, my God, get me back into Econ AP. I'm like, like I, do, I wouldn't. I, uh, would I wish I could remember all. I wish I can remember everybody who was in that class. I just remember. Let's not. It was for sure Jeff, Daniel, No, Chuck. stop going through names. This is the one thing I was listening to last <laughs> time. I was like, you, you, you. <laughs> You had to list every single person, and then you were forgetting one person, so you kept repeating the names and going back and forth, and repeating the names until you got, it's like, this person, this person, this person, but not, not, the, but not this person, not this person, not this person, but this person, oh wait, let me go back and repeat the names again. That's like, dude, dude no. I was walking no. in like, what's up, what's up, what's up, Victor's in the no. house, no. how you doing? See, that was not school for oh, me, dude. Man. Like, there were, I have to but say. Let me, let me interrupt real quick okay. and say. All right. So, for example, if that, I mean, I, that's relative to the class that I was in. I was in hell. I had no idea what was going on. I didn't understand anything. Dude, I was so honest. But listen, classes were hell. But listen, if it was like, um, yeah, I, I took. There was no easy AP around. Yeah, there was no easy AP. But if you, like, if I was in a standard, um, uh, fuck it. I would be pumped if we were coloring and there were like dope ass people in my class, no matter what subject it was. Never mind. <laughs> See, I, yeah, yeah. But for me, like, I felt the I felt the personal shame when I had to drop down to like a lower class. The only the only non honors class or AP class that I was in was math. I just couldn't fucking get math. But it was like I'm surrounded by these people and we're doing things that are just so simple. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not learning a damn thing right now. Like, this is so... And it's so disruptive. The people in the class were just, like, you know, talking, passing notes all the time, just causing disruption. Dude, it's like, I love I that about learn. class. Like, I, I'm not learning anything. This I is so stupid. I love that about class. And see, the social I never, aspect of no, class, I love. No, I never I understood love. social. But I, you know, 
that yeah, I just wasn't I was not a fan of your type of folk. <laughs> I was I was never a fan. It was always so I, I could never I could never understand you people. <laughs> I liked my because a lot of a lot of the honors and A people sort of just kept themselves right. It right, was like, very studious individuals, it, and it was like a competition too because we all wanted the the highest GPA. It yeah. was like we all wanted to be top ten percent. So it was it was always like you know you had a crew of like the Alex Reed crew where you'd have that group of maybe ten people who were uber smart. You know the top ten people who were always yeah. together, and then you had. Sort of the rest of us who were just regular, but I mean, you you got to know the crowd who was the honors AP yeah. crowd, just like you knew the crowd that was like the regular crowd, like yeah. the, the non honored. That sounds so elitist. I don't want to sound elitist. I was about to say the peasant folk, the, the peasant folk, the common folk, yeah, <laughs> with their the common folk whose who's backs <laughs> who are, you who step just, on, who are just happy wallowing in their own yeah. filth. <laughs> <laughs> Let's throw feces at each other and, and learn trajectories. Oh my god! In our algebra class. <laughs> That's pretty funny when you say it like that. Yeah, it, dude. Yeah, I mean, it was like there, were, there. Were, I liked, I, I liked the structure of the honors and AP classes because me, it was, it was a very structured. Every minute of every day was like something going on. I didn't know what freedom was, and so for me, if somebody just told me what to do, it was so much easier just to keep me occupied than giving me free time. Because if you give me free time, it was just like. Dude, I loved my, I a lot of the classes. Uh, there, there was a lot of solid classes where it's like everything comes together. Like the subjects okay, the people in the class are awesome, the teachers legit. That was, uh, well, that was French, obviously for oh, me. Really? Mademoiselle Rosen, uh, Rosenstein, let me come back to her class. Nice. After uh, I, I because it was just got too hard. And once I got to four AP, I think, or something like that, I was just like, I can't keep up. I'm I don't care about this. As <laughs> you have people like Tyler Visco, yeah. who were just really, really good. Like very, very, they were very quick to pick up the language and mm-hmm. actually like spent time studying it. And then there was me, where I would just study the he literally was, before the bell rang in class i would spend the time doing finishing up the he, homework or whatever, he was one so. of the guys there's people in the, from high school that were super super smart and you knew all they did was study and then there were people like tyler who were super smart and it was like how are you that like you you're a total goofball mm-hmm. and like when you don't come off as the type of person that studies or like gets this stuff who are just mm-hmm. naturally smart about about mm-hmm. stuff i was envious of those people yeah um Trying to think because you got you got these people who who are who have a sense of humor who yes. but but are also very who have personality who are outgoing have, and do crazy who have stuff personality and, yeah. but who are also going places in yeah. life too it's like you you can see, you can see that from an early age, um, but dude I loved I loved that French class because it was like Tyler Rusty uh, Alex Dean. Um, I'm trying to think a couple, a couple other low, just list them over key. a few times yeah. over. No, let me let me go over. Let me do the victor. Yeah. Let me do the victor. Yeah. Uh, and it was, so it was a very low key crowd. But we'd been with Mademoiselle, and her first year was our freshman year. So we all got to go through the same things together. And so by the time we were all juniors, we were we had gone to France together. Like our whole class had gone mm-hmm. to France together. We we'd all been in the same class basically, and it's just like. Yeah, I mean, we're like a family, more or less. Yeah. So during study hall, she'd be like, come back, you know, kind of, you know, right. whenever you want to come back. And she would try to get me to participate in the class. I'm like, 
they had moved on so fast. I was like, I can't even fucking read a word of what's uh, on this page right now of French. Of French. Of which class? It, w- it would be uh, French. It was senior year, so French 5. French 5 honors or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, there was only one French 5 because yeah. I had taken French back in junior high. Yeah. So we started with French 2. Um, but I was like, this is just, it's totally beyond me. What made you want to take French instead of Spanish? Uh, good question. I don't know. Maybe because I was racist? (laughs) I feel like, though, too, you would have chosen French because it is, if you spoke French, then you'd... I just think it seemed like, like a pretty. Uh, I'm. I speak French. I think it just seemed like a prettier language, I mean, yeah. or like a, a not, like a more elegant language, yes. or whatever. Uh, but now that I know Hebrew, I could relearn French no problem. Really, I, I guarantee you that'd be that'd be pretty easy. Like once you learn once you learn biblical Hebrew, dude, languages just fall. Everything makes sense because you're just learning a totally different. I mean, foreign, totally foreign sentence structure, grammatical, everything, but it's so perfect. I mean, it's a language to itself, but everything grammatically is so perfect in a way that that English isn't. Because you have, like, you know, silent letters in the English language or whatever. But it's like, what you see, there's a reason. Everything is ordered. Whereas in the English language, you have exceptions, you have rules, you have things like that. Whereas Biblical Hebrew, everything fits together like a perfect puzzle piece. You know, it's a it's a beautiful language. It's like the perfect language. It's it's such a gorgeous language. But you learn because you have to basically relearn. It's it's like learning how to speak English for the first mm-hmm. time. You're you're learning just a totally different everything. So you're relearning how language is constructed in the first place. Yeah. So you're like building up language from its ground level. And it's like once you see the construction of how language operates mm-hmm. just as a concept, it's like you can transfer that into what what are they called the the romantic languages yeah um those all derive from the latin originations so they all have something in common and share the same sort of sentence structures and and grammatical rules uh which makes it easier to learn cross you know cross romantic languages but anyway i've sort of been rambling but no dude i fucking love biblical hebrew so great such a great Greek is messier. Greek is much messier. Cool. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Dude, I have to nerd out about this stuff. Like that's the stuff that I really just can't get enough of. I just really warms my cockles. <laughs> what the so, fuck is a cockle? It's it you warms my you, cockles. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, <sighs> I'm gonna I believe this. you know what I don't I just as a concept I understood it as like warms my heart it's like an alternative to warms my heart cockles what what is what is cockles where did Look you at. hear this or you just made it up no I've I've picked it up over I've known it for years it warms my cockles well <laughs> did a, you type in it warms my cockles no a cockle is a small edible marine bivalve mollusk you're probably spelling it wrong no c-o-c-k-l-e-s uh cockle yeah i don't know or is it like 
Cockle, C-O-C-K-A-L-S or something stupid like that. Cockle. Hang on. I'm going to... How about this? Just ask Siri. Cockle. No, not... Fuck. Not taco. <laughs> Damn it. Not taco. Dude, we still have to get better when it comes to... Cockle. What is the definition yeah. of cockle? The cockles of someone's heart. Okay, check it out. Oh, not... Here we go. Fucking cargo. Not... Uh, to make someone feel pleased and happy. It's a it's an old-fashioned phrase. It warms my cockles. Warm the cockles. I'm co- not sure I understand. Old-fashioned face, it warms my cockles. Dude. You're interrupting my... Why are you doing this right now? This is insane. We're, we're recording right now, All and you're right. trying to engage with Siri and okay. a, a back and forth. Yes, All it's, right. it's old-fashioned. It's it's an old, it, that's that's where I've heard it from. Okay, uh, like a Huckleberry Finn or something like that. When okay. you say the cockles of my heart. All right. Well, that's weird. Look it up. I just did, and I couldn't find anything because you didn't look hard enough. Uh, you don't know how to look up things. That's what I. Uh, people don't know how to. You just Google them. <laughs> <laughs> you just type it in Google. <laughs> I was talking with a uh, teacher this past week, and. We were just talking about some of the issues that the education system is facing right now, and he had, he had said something to the extent of, "Yeah, basically, parents nowadays it it feels like it's more student centered as opposed to more education focused, where you have to meet the comfort needs of all of the children, and oh, basically, yeah. the parents used to a couple decades ago used to respect the teacher how the teacher ran the classroom, and now the parents are saying, "Well, you need to basically run the classroom in accordance with my child's needs." And so stupid. And it's like, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But the, yeah, basically, I, oh, yeah, I'd responded something to the extent of, yeah, well, it's like parents discovered how to use Google. Let like, me redeem myself by oh. saying that when I wrote papers in, his, in for history in college, um, and even sometimes in high school, I would look things up by going to the library, yeah. searching for books, and I would... Use books, but then also every once in a while, um, what are the oh encyclopedias? Dude. <laughs> like love encyclopedias. When, when Wikipedia started coming out, I had no problem with with Wikipedia as an open source piece of information. But again, you have to know how to verify legitimate information. That that's something that I think people struggle with is knowing what it, what information can be relied upon, and it requires you to look up multiple. Sources, yeah, to be able to cross reference and say if they're saying similar things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, with the internet, it's so much easier to do these days. But yeah, dude, the li- libraries, gosh, libraries used to be horrible, nightmares of just trying to find resources and stuff like that. Now it's all online. I still remember the card catalogs. Like, dude, kids, kids growing up in school today aren't going to know how to operate in a library because libraries don't function the way that they did when we were growing up. I love when They're you check out a obsolete. book, you could see the dates. Like, oh, yeah, the, the stamp cards. The years before you. The like, stamp cards, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, man. When people had to sign their names or whatever, too. There, I had no, 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 not the textbooks. I'm talking about, like, books from the library. Yeah, they had the little in, insert. Yeah, they'd stamp, like, return May, whatever, 1994. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, man, this book's been here for, like, seven years. But, yeah, writing your name and, yeah, 
quality A. Next person, quality B. It's like, oh, who all has been here? Oh, wow, this person's... This person's not even... This person must have graduated college by now. This has been here since 1997. Yes. Wow. Those were like <laughs> the simple pleasures yeah. of life before technology. Or when you like, get a, when you you get a brand new book and you open it up, first person first to person own the to book. in the textbook. Yes. In the name. Yep. Yeah. Or like when you'd get a really shitty book and like you have a shitty book and then your teacher's like, you know what? Nope. This just needs to go. We need to get you a new one. Yeah. It's like, all right. Well... I mean, we had to purchase our books, though. Yeah. And so, you know... you well, know, high we, school, we purchased them. Yeah, you know, we should have been thinking when we, we were the first person writing our name in there, well, the value of that just depreciated by yeah, 30%. I know. Exactly. Because <laughs> as soon as you make a market as, there... As, 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 soon as, you, as soon as you take the book out of the bookstore, that yes. thing is just depreciated it, 20 to 30%. Yes, <laughs> immediately. And then it only goes down like 10% a day from there. Yeah. You can get like five cents for a that book. Must be. Oh, my God. What? Yeah, what a scam. What yeah. a horrible, horrible scam Gosh. that is. The hundreds and thousands of dollars we spent on textbooks, and we didn't need to do that. I, um, in college... Just in high school. There were only... A f- I didn't buy my books for all my classes because I was like, I don't have money Me neither. For this. No, I didn't do that. And, uh, or I would, I would get them from Amazon, and I think... Especially the- books that, where you'd have class where you'd have to buy... Like two dozen books, and you'd read a couple of chapters from each, or something yeah, like that. Something stupid, yeah. Yeah, it's like wow, what a nightmare. Oh, seminary was bad in that regard because there were there were some books that were only published by these small circulation prints, so the prices were like Insane. for 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 a thin paperback book like an anamorph size. It <laughs> would cost like seventy five dollars, wow. and you're thinking, oh my god, this is insane. Yeah. So insane. An anamorph-sized book. <laughs> I love that series, man. Animorphs. Love the, uh, I have I have all of the animorphs. There was goosebumps. I have, dude. I have all the goosebumps and all the animorphs. Wow. The, the complete series. Red animorphs. Love those. Love that series. Ah, <laughs> uh, I think we'll end it on that. Animorphs. What was they the, tried making a movie about Animorphs a couple years I, what ago. What was their theme song? Or their, they didn't have a theme song. They were books. There wasn't well, they there had a show? TV show. Isn't there a show, was it a too? TV show, maybe? It, it, it was a TV, TV show, show for a little bit. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Animorphs. That is so funny. What does uh, shalom mean in Hebrew? Peace. It can also mean high. Shalom is hi, goodbye, but peace be with you. Shalom, chavai. Uh, what Rick said. <laughs> so, how much of the, uh, is there a lot of, you gotta put a lot of in all the words? There the is, language? yeah, there's some, there's some weird formulations. There's a couple of, like a hate. There's a hate. Interesting. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. But, yeah, it's it's guttural. That's weird that also in, I think, Mandarin and other Asian languages where you can say something, but depending on the tone at which you say it means different things. I kind of sound like I'm speaking Arabic when I'm reading Hebrew, biblical Hebrew. Because I put that... Because Arabic shares similar, similar guttural yeah. vowels and consonant sounds. But yeah, it's it's a type of what's it called? 
addiction that we don't use today. Are you just getting up while I'm in the middle of talking? All right, whatever. Shalom. Shalom, we, my peeps. We, we already said shalom, and then there was a pause, and then that ended it, and then we just sat just and talked. Just fucking ended. All right.